1: good morning everybody welcome to today's issues on the american family radio network for this thursday uh december no november 17th thank you oh my goodness it's my
2: sister's birthday
1: i've got a i've got a text
2: hey the her. day's young yeah hey you guys go ahead with the program I, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta i gotta do something
1: ed battagliano good morning ed good morning tim fred jackson howdy there good morning fred uh, and uh, Adam Sutton running the controls for us uh, today, and Chris Woodward will be along later in the hour. All right, so, uh, hey, by the way, in uh, about 10 minutes, we're going to be visiting with John Stemberger, And John is a uh, attorney in the state of Florida, and he is the uh, president of the Florida Family Policy Council, a longtime friend of our ministry here. Well, uh, he... He knows a lot about Governor Ron DeSantis uh, and his career. He's worked with him in his administration, and I know ever there's a lot of these Republican candidates out there. uh, Well, some unannounced, right? Governor DeSantis has not announced he's going to run for president, but everybody knows who Donald Trump is, former president, and everybody and most everybody knows about Nikki Haley, and maybe not in great detail, but some of these names but governor de name is just sort of you know exploded on the scene the last few months right and so i wanted to ask john just what he can tell us about the governor that makes him so popular in the sunshine state so we'll talk to him in just a few minutes so uh fred what's the uh what's the score on the house of representatives uh this morning here
3: well late last night early this morning it became official with the uh all important number of two hundred and eighteen Republicans uh, voted uh, to uh, in the House race. That was the magic number needed to ensure that the Republicans will now control the House. And uh, so, a big day. We understand that uh, current House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is meeting with her caucus today, and the headline on that is uh, to discuss her future. Uh, Some people speculate at 82 years of age, uh, she may decide to retire. Uh, But you never know with Nancy Pelosi. Uh, She kind of likes Washington. She's been there a long time. And uh, she may decide to hang around. But uh, Republicans have wasted no time in announcing what their agenda is. Uh, The hounds have been set loose. One of them is Republican Jim Jordan of Ohio. Uh, he held a news conference this morning uh, to let people know uh, part of the agenda will be going after uh, Joe Biden's Justice Department and the FBI. So, want to play a little bit of this news conference this morning that Jim Jordan just had in the last half hour. Or so,
4: cut number two.
2: Are you also putting the FBI on notice for not? bringing in the Department of Justice on notice for not bringing any charges? No,
4: we're not putting anybody on notice. We just want to get the truth. I mean, that's why we issued a thousand-page report two weeks ago that talked about... So I've been in Congress a few years now. I, I've never seen anything like it. Fourteen agents come talk to us while we're in the minority about how political that place has become, talking about the purging going... These are terms they use, not we... Purging going on, purging of, of, of agents, the pressure to categorize ways uh, cases in a political fashion... Um, they putting the threat tag label on moms and dads who show up at school board meetings. We know of over two dozen parents who were investigated. No one charged. But think of the chilling impact that has. You show up at some parents' home. You, you, you talk to them because she's in the group Moms for Liberty, as an example. You talk to them. Think of the chilling impact that has on other parents. So that's what we're, we're, we're interested in getting to the bottom of. And, and you, the only way you can hold people accountable and hopefully stop the behavior is to present it to the country. That's what we got to do. So we're committed to doing it in an aggressive fashion, but in a way that's consistent with the Constitution. That's Jim Jordan,
3: Congressman from Ohio. Yes, who will likely head the House Judiciary Committee. Really, that's that's the speculation.
1: Okay, now was was the FBI uh, the FBI also the agency that uh, went after this uh, pro-life homeschool dad? Yes, Mark. Oh yes, oh yes. Now. What state was that in? I've forgotten. I'm sorry. Was, I wanna that Tennessee? Say that was, was it Tennessee?
2: Uh, I want to say uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, but he w- would go twice a week, I think, down to Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, no, or did he go to New Jersey? I forget. But anyway, he. I think he was in Pennsylvania and would travel two hours. I but can't remember if it was, remember, the, it was it Philadelphia doesn't matter. or New Jersey.
1: But the FBI was the one way well, just said they busted his home. Yes. Uh, that w- swatted, swatted his home mm-hmm. uh, as his, he and his, his children were getting ready for school or whatever. Yes. yes. And um, he was because the FBI was used because he was uh, being charged with or investigated for. For uh, harassing or physically getting into an altercation. Yeah, with, it has with, to
2: do with the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances yes, yes. Act. And what happened was on one of the occasions where Mark Houck was uh, uh, on a sidewalk right. offering to counsel with women right. who went in. A year ago or so. Right? Yeah, I think this was a, a year. He It was a, an escort who was bringing a woman in, and the escort came back out and started confronting his uh, Mark Houck's son, mm-hmm. who was like 12 years old, yes. calling him names. So Mark got in between them and told them to knock it off, like I would do if someone right, was. Right. And they got into a shoving match. And then this guy, no injuries, he sued Mark Houck. And then a Philadelphia district court threw the case out. Well, that wasn't enough for the for the feds. The Justice Department swatted
1: his house and arrested him under the FACE okay. Act. Okay. What you just described is politically motivated.
3: Yes. Okay, it's politically yes.
1: motivated. Which fits into what Jim Jordan just said. Yes. And Jim Jordan is saying uh, over a dozen former FBI agents, or maybe current, yes, have come to he, their committee yes. and told them that the FBI is undergoing a purging of conservatives. Is yes. It, am, I, am I re-quoting this? No. Yes. This is,
3: Jim Jordan said that there are lots of good agents. He was very Yes. Lots yes, of good yes. agents at the lower levels. Yes. But he says it's rotten at the top.
1: Right, and I was listening the other day to Christopher Ray. He was testifying before the Congress. yes, he's the current FBI director correct right. hired by President trump, right- uh-huh. um ironically, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh hired by president trump um Christopher Ray is the current director. Well, one congressman I've forgotten the gentleman's name asked him point blank this question. Said, um, he said, did the FBI have human resources? I've almost got this verbatim on the ground at the January sixth um, riot, okay, on, on, on the Capitol, and he, he said that's a yes or no question. And the the FBI director Ray said, well, I can't answer that directly. Because, you know, I, I, we don't want to, I don't know, what the, we, we don't want to tell publicly what we do and what we don't do. And uh, the gentleman said, uh, the congressman said, uh, no, he didn't. He wasn't having that answer. He said, no, <laughs> this is a yes or no question. He said, that was a long time, that was a year and a half ago, however long ago that was, <clears throat> that this happened. You can answer it now. In other words, no, it wasn't in other words. He said, what he was saying was, the congressman, did the FBI... Had, had were they part of the January 6th uh, people that went into the Capitol and participated in the in the riot or the ransacking or whatever you want to call it? And he wouldn't say no. In fact, this congressman, I saw that exchange. Did you see that? That
2: congressman said, your answer should be no. Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying, well, I can't say. By, by saying you can't say, you're implying that it may be true that there were FBI agents in the mix, and the question is: Were they
1: eg- encouraging yes, people? Yes, adju- agitating the situation.
3: Yes, yes.
1: and I was—I was, was stunning. We, 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 you, I you, saw like that. You were, yeah. I was stunned. My, my that mouth he fell was, open. Yeah, I was stunned that that Director uh, Ray, FBI Director Ray, would not categorically say, "No, we didn't have people." Uh, you know mixed in with the group agitating or instigating or go, go, went into the go, went into the Capitol building. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand I don't even understand Christopher Ray, the FBI director's
2: uh, I guess purported argument for not answering the question, even if there were uh, FBI agents involved, you're not giving out their identity. You're just simply right, saying, right. yes, yeah, yeah. we had some people on the ground.
1: Yeah, We wanted to make sure that this or that, I mean. Right, answer, right. But the fact that he didn't say no categorically, like you're saying, uh, made me go, wow, did they, with the FBI, did they have agents mixed in with the January 6th protesters that, were they saying, hey, let's go into the Capitol, who's yes. with me? The have, same thing in uh, Michigan. It, it makes you wonder if he well, didn't answer uh, no. remember,
3: there were. uh, before Christopher Ray had this hearing, there were videos out there and they focused on one particular individual. You may remember this. And he was identified by some people as an FBI agent and he was doing what you guys just said. He was saying, let's go up to the Capitol.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I I was stunned that, that the FBI director didn't say, absolutely not. We Mm. didn't have people on the ground. During the January sixth riot. there's some there's some questions
2: that I, I've read that have been raised about Michigan. Remember this suppose this plot to kidnap right, Gretchen Whitmer. Right, right, that that group had been infiltrated by FBI agents, and so the the question. Listen, I have no problem with the FBI having undercover agents infiltrating nefarious groups. Okay, and if this was a that kind of group in Michigan that was that that was nefarious have you know i you know ideas about committing crimes i have no problems with undercover agents but those agents can't be part of the uh agging on of criminal conduct you can't have fbi agents mixed in to the january 6th group or this group in michigan and saying hey let's kidnap the governor of of uh, michigan let's let's do that we'll show we'll show those liberals that's entrapment right. how is i,
1: I mean Right, No, if that happened that way, but the fact fact that the FBI, uh, anyway, we, we, we can revisit this. But that was stunning to me that the FBI director wouldn't say, "No, we did not. We did not have agents participating in January 6th. Let me assure you that. Right. Hmm. He didn't deny it. Yes. And when you don't deny it, and you're on the spot for the Congress, I'm sitting here going, "Well, he's going to have to. He's going to have to answer the now, question in January." Yeah. Yeah. Because, the, because the chairmanship flips
3: Yep That'll be must-see TV
1: Yeah um, But he said, Jim Jordan there, said they had 14, right? 14 A- A- agents come and say yes. that uh, there's uh, they're trying to purge conservatives At least at the top of the FBI Totally politicized Yeah, that's what he was top. saying Alright, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network Hopefully we're not rated in the next hour and 10 minutes here <laughs> Swatted. At least get through our show. <laughs> uh listen, uh Governor Ron DeSantis is just his popularity and his notoriety is just skyrocketing sky uh skyrocketing right now because of uh the election uh that took place a week ago Tuesday and how the margin in which he won victory as uh, in his reelection bid there. Well, I just wanted somebody to that knows the governor and knows how this happened to talk to us. And, uh, our good friend, John Stemberger, who is the uh, president and general counsel of the Florida family policy council. Very similar to our mission here at AFA only on a state level. He joins us now. Uh, John, good morning to you.
5: Tim, it's great to be with you again.
1: Uh, now you're not in Florida today though, right? You're out in Arizona or something or.
5: That's right. I'm in Arizona. I'm actually interacting with a couple of your folks here on the ground. It's a coalition of state leaders from all over the country, just kind of talking about the future and the issues right. before us.
1: But they're not FBI agents. You're no. not, you're not, you're not working with FBI agents.
5: They're, they're okay. AFA agents. A-
1: oh. uh, bingo. Newly noted. Okay. And by the way, yeah, like you said, Ed, the vast majority of FBI agents out there across the country, and we, I know some of them. You know, yeah, they're, they're wonderful, conservative, patriotic people, but the corruption at the top is becoming evident. So yeah. I just wanted to say that. All right, John, you bet you're a native Floridian, right? That's right. So you've been following politics in, in the sunshine state for several decades now. Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, he, he's from Jacksonville, right?
5: That's right. Um, he's from that, that, uh, East coast area. Yep.
1: Okay, tell us, uh, tell us, uh, tell our listeners about him. Uh, our listeners know about President Trump. They know about a lot about Nikki Haley and Mike Pompeo, although maybe not as much as they need to know. But we'll we'll explore their their, uh, their beliefs later if they announce for president. But uh, and and Governor DeSantis has not yet uh, announced either. But still, I just wanted people to know what you can tell us about the governor and his policies and beliefs and the people he surrounds him with uh, surrounds himself with and things of that nature.
5: Sure. Well, he's a unique force of nature, I can tell you that. I've been watching governors, at least here in Florida, for you know at least three decades, if not four now. And um, I've never seen anything like uh, anyone who has the ability to um, know where the line is in terms of courage and politics and is just a remarkable human being. And, and sadly enough, most of us opposed him in the primary years ago. We wanted Adam Putnam because he was the guy that was been around for a long time. Uh, but, you know, the public chose Ron DeSantis. And in God's providence, it was the right choice. He is uh, by nature an introvert, but has no problem, you know, interacting in public settings. He's, he's his best when he's attacked or when he's challenged. He just kind of comes alive as an advocate um obviously he's an attorney and what's interesting even as a harvard graduate you would never know he has no erudite you know he doesn't have all the trappings of the academic arrogance that you'd find someone that graduated from ivy league schools uh was also in the jag uh which is the officer in the united states navy as an attorney um his wife really is kind of the secret sauce behind him i think she is probably more conservative and more Christian than he is, even. And so that's an amazing thing to have that kind of support at home. Uh, Many of us remember the Bush wives, you know, just kind of flailing on issues later in in the Bush administration, and that was so frustrating. But you're not going to see that with Casey DeSantis. She is truly uh, just a remarkable woman of virtue and of character and of principle. Um, The governor is not—he is Catholic. Uh, He is not motivated— he really is motivated more by the Constitution, by the Founding Fathers. That's kind of his, what he roots his whole thinking in. Um, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily look to what we would look to normally. He kind of thinks about things in, a, in an American framework of the Constitution and, and all of that. And so he's really well-versed in the Federalist Papers. He could literally talk about those things as if he's an expert in them. He's written a book on the Founding Fathers, which is out of print. And it's probably going to be worth a lot of money someday. Um, Somewhere I've got a copy of it. I need to dig it out and find it. (laughs) But uh, so that, yeah, that's DeSantis. And we've just been amazed to see his ability to uh, withstand and just challenge corporate America, challenge Disney World. He's challenged the woke corporations with sports in our state. He's not backed down an inch. He's committed to protecting children, which is something we feel like is just a non-negotiable. If we're going to have any semblance of a civilization left. Uh, and so, you know, this whole mm-hmm. parents' rights and education, he, he's just going back to the basics and he's willing to fight for this stuff. And so we've been very well pleased at his performance. And I think, Tim, what you see is when you see people and as leaders with bold leadership who are unapologetic on the core values, people are like, yes, that's what I want. Because when you're wishy-washy, then your own base is compromised. They, they don't come out for you, and then you have political problems, right? But I think when it's like Reagan, even though people may have disagreed with him, they respected. They knew where he stood. They respected his clear leadership, and 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 that's why he became so popular.
2: Hey, uh, John, uh, Ed here. Um, all those things that you're describing about Governor DeSantis uh, are just very encouraging. One other thing I'd like to ask you about is. He's also an outstanding executive. I mean, my understanding is after the uh, the hurricane, he, I mean, he's gotten his state, I mean, humming in terms of repairing roads and highways and bridges. He also, I guess what I'm saying is he also seems to be the kind of executive who gets things done and knows how to work with the legislature and the more bureaucratic elements of a government to actually accomplish things, right?
5: That's a great observation, and that's true. In addition to a solid ideology and a solid worldview, he's an outstanding administrator and a manager and uh, really knows how to crack the whip with the agencies to make sure they're not just lard bricks, but they're actively engaged, especially when there's emergency situations uh, like with COVID and like with the hurricanes we've had here. So, yeah, he's a great administrator as well.
3: John Fred Jackson here. Uh, During the election campaign and a debate with his Democrat opponent, Charlie Crist, Crist asked him, are you going to stay for four years? And uh, the governor did not give a response to that. Did that prompt in your mind that he does have the presidency in mind at some point?
5: Well, sure. I think it's, it's clear to me that that has to be a factor that's heavily weighing on him right now. Um, I don't think we're probably going to see any decision until maybe after our session is over in uh, sometime in May of next year but um clearly it just seems like this is the natural order of things that's developing um so obviously he's thinking about that America's thinking about that people in the conservative movement are thinking about that and certainly President Trump's thinking about that as well um and that's probably really? why he's taking Really You think so? <laughs> huh.
1: All right, well, I i I haven't noticed. You hadn't had noticed that President Trump is He's worried about <laughs> the Sanctimonious? Rod DeSantis. Uh, let me ask you this, how in the world did Governor DeSantis win Miami-Dade County? I mean, this is a deep blue county. Uh, how in the world did that happen?
5: Yep. Well, and he also won Palm Beach, where, uh, you know, all those Jewish ladies that right. worked for Pat Buchanan go <laughs> Right. Election
1: I know. The county Chats. How did that happen? Yeah, oh, know, go ahead.
5: Again, it's clear it's clear leadership. I think the 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 courting of the Cuban vote and Hispanic voters is key. Um an enormous population there in Miami and you know, uh, Latinos are fa- la familia, right? They get it. They understand communist oppression, they understand freedom. Uh and he resonates quite a bit. And so that's what you saw in in Dade County there which was really Uh, historic. Uh, You've never seen that. Even with Jeb Bush, who is from Miami, we never saw that kind of robust response. So this is a remarkable thing, and it's the kind of thing you'll need if you're going to be on a national platform. The Hispanic vote is is a critical vote uh, as that population (laughs) continues to.
1: Yeah. One other thing that uh, Governor DeSantis said the other day in his, uh, uh, after he was clear he won, I don't know if you call that his acceptance speech or whatever, re-election he said he said florida is uh where woke goes to die yeah. or something like that i just thought that yeah. was, you know what i'm saying i thought that was a great line mm-hmm. uh where it was,
5: the, it was the best line of the speech actually
1: so yeah where, where woke goes to die i i uh anyway it's gonna be interesting to see so you you're speculating i know that we all will speculate and uh, he will be asked a 1,000 times over about whether he's going to run for president, which would mean he'd have to go against uh, former President Trump in a primary. Uh, but uh, he, you're thinking next May would be a, a time for a public announcement after the Florida legislative so, session is over. Is that right?
5: Yeah, I'm just – I have no intelligence. I'm just giving you my own observations from yeah, the chief
1: Mar- John, you're you're a smart guy. Don't don't downplay that. I mean, you have some intelligence. I mean, it may not be at the top, but you're you're in there, in the middle somewhere. No, I, uh, all right, brother John. Uh, thanks so much for giving us some insights on Governor DeSantis as a uh, lifelong Floridian there, and uh, we wish you the best and talk to you very soon. Okay, brother.
5: Very good. Take
1: care. Okay. Thank you. God's very humble. I have no intelligence. He's a smart guy. I have no intelligence. Florida's not the. I don't think that he should repeat what his wife told him this morning. Well, he wasn't talking about, he he has no intelligence. I know what he's. Okay. I know.
3: Florida is also the place where hypocritical Democrats go to have a good time, like AOC.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Truly noted, Fred. Gretchen Whitmer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us.
0: The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, we're going to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, in June and September of 2023. And we're going to have a wonderful time seeing Washington and seeing Mount Vernon, the home of George Washington. We're going to go there on the Saturday. We're there. Everywhere we go, Stephen McDowell will be giving us a talk on the Christian heritage of America. And that's very important, and it's lost in much of our popular culture today. But Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a dear brother and has been going with me on these tours for many, many years. I just wouldn't do it without him. He is just an invaluable source, if you will, of information. So we're going to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and George Washington's Mount Vernon. And then we're also going to Jamestown, Williamsburg, and Yorktown. If you want to go with us then go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com
6: hello americans i'm todd starn stand by for news and commentary next We're beginning to get new details about what really happened at the U.S. Capitol on January 6. Court records now indicate at least 20 FBI and ATF agents were embedded around the Capitol building on the day of the riot. That revelation was hidden inside a footnote in court documents from the United States v. Thomas Caldwell. We also know at least eight FBI agents were undercover within the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. The New York Times reports one of their informants was a vice president of the Oath Keepers, and they knew about the planned attack on the Capitol in advance. Well, if that's true, why did the FBI allow the attack to happen? It would be like the FBI knowing in advance of 9-11 only to allow terrorists to fly the jetliners into the building. Why were the Capitol Police ordered to stand down? Why were requests for National Guard troops rejected? More questions than answers, America. I'm Todd Stearns.
0: One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Psalm 27 four. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net past broadcast of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at afr.net now back to more of today's issues
1: hey uh, <clears throat> welcome back everybody to the show today's issues on the american family radio network tim ed and fred here just got through visiting with john stemberger he's the uh, a native Floridian who's been a you know a Christian pro-family advocate, been involved in state politics there in the Sunshine State for a long time, and he was giving us a profile of Governor Ron DeSantis, whose uh, popularity and notoriety is uh, trending way up right now uh, because of his twenty-point victory in Florida over the Democrat there in the governor's race, and uh, he d- d- John said. The governor's wife. What's her name? Casey, I think. Casey was more conservative than he is. That's what he said. Yeah. But well, then, why don't we draft her? <laughs> huh? and, well, and let him be the. She's not a governor. The, well, I'm just saying she can run, and then he can be the stay-at-home dad. What do you say?
2: Uh, listen, I think three <laughs> old married men. I think we know how this works. He is the front man, and. <laughs> probably gets she probably has a tremendous influence on his life we i mean we come on you guys are with me right are you know the 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 man is the head of the household but the wife is the neck that turns the head (laughs) uh all right. Is that a Bible verse? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I'll have to look. Maybe it's stuck somewhere in I am, uh, I am now Ecclesiastes. Count, I'm
3: now counting down to the point in the program where Ed says, I, I'm just, want sorry. To, I just want to apologize.
1: <laughs> I'd like to apologize to my wife. And to all the women in America. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. I didn't realize that I tend to
2: apologize a lot until you brought it up yesterday. <laughs> Leave it to the Canadian hey. to, you know, to be real quiet and nice, right. but then Something. stick the stick the knife in when you mm. gently, well, gently, gently, you live.
3: <laughs>
1: gently, you you gently knife somebody. The funny thing is, and this is almost universal among men who've been married a long time to the same person, right? You do learn. Well, I wouldn't say pick your battles. I would just say surrender right away <laughs> <laughs> and don't get in the battle in the first place. That's a smart man avoids, so? avoids those battles. It's kind of what they call passive aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not
2: passive. I, listen, uh, I, I, I one time told my You're wife passive, early, passive? early on, I told my wife, we had an argument and I told her, woman, I'm the man of this house. You're going to do what you're told. And I didn't see my wife for three days. And then on the third day, I could open up one eye just a little bit and I could see her.
1: That's funny. Yeah. You're just joking. I'm just joking. You're just joking. that's That's actually, that's an yeah. old, that's an, that's old, an old joke. joke. Yep. It's an old joke. So anyway, uh, Casey, um, DeSantis yeah. and they have two or three children, two. Uh, they have three, three children.
3: Three children. She has just gone through a battle with breast cancer. Yeah. she's an incredible lady. Yeah. she really is.
1: Yeah. All right. Look forward to uh, learning more about the DeSantis uh, family. Who knows whether he'll run for president or not? But his name is being mentioned a lot as a potential Republican uh, candidate. And governor, of course, President Trump's already announced that he's going to run. He announced that Tuesday night in uh, Mar a Lago. Mm-hmm. Mar Mar Lago. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. That's the way I say that's it. That's his home in uh, South Florida.
3: Nice little condo down there. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is that paid for? <laughs> I think that's paid for? You think he's making making payments <laughs> on that? Um. Uh, so he he announced that he was uh, going to run for president again. So uh, let me ask you this question. Uh that's only happened one other time, I think. And uh, that is yes, one other ahead.
3: time. I was I was reading that the other day, and I don't have the exact details, but, but this would only be the second time that a president who has been defeated after his first term turns around and runs. Is that
1: again. Teddy Roosevelt, R- R- Grover Cleveland? I think. Uh, I think look I'm that gonna up. Look that,
2: I'm going to look that up. That's interesting. Yes. I don't yes.
1: think it's Teddy Roosevelt, though. Okay, no, it's not. I I'd remember that name. It may not be Grover Cleveland, but if you you know if you if you have an obscure presidential question that needs to be answered in history, you just go with Grover Cleveland <laughs> because nobody knows. You know? Did it's I Grover did, Cleveland? I was right. Should've, there you go. Should have saved that for tomorrow for a trivia <laughs> question.
2: There was something. Oh, I, I was wrong. It, it seems like maybe Roosevelt ran for two different parties. And was, but he was president from 1901 to 1909. So maybe he, uh, who was, was, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, seems like something about the bull moose party. I, I I'm trying to remember. All right. Anyway, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't wander this This is how I get in trouble with my wife. Right. I just, you, I wander, wondering, talking and, and saying you, things you, and, and you eventually start
1: to seem unsure yourself yes. <laughs> after a while. Shame um, on me for not knowing a little bit more about that, but anyway, that's okay. Hey. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt Teddy Roosevelt was a two-term president. Yes. 01 to 08, Cons- you say? 01 to 09. Now when was when was uh, Grover Cleveland? Check him out. Okay, we're we're going to
2: have uh, Adam. I can't look up two things at once, so I'm going to look up Bull Moose Party.
1: Oh, okay. You look up Bull Moose Party and Adam can look up Grover Cleveland and I can eat popcorn. <laughs> All right, okay. uh, so Stephen Grover Cleveland was the President, the 22nd and 24th president from 80, 1885 to 1889 and then from 1893 to 1897. So he did win a Two second. Two non-consecutive terms. And he's the only one to ever do that. Currently, yes. And if President Trump were to win, that's, he, he would, would be put, the second. put him in that category. All right,
2: so here's what I was thinking about. So Teddy Roosevelt lost... The nomination for the Republican Party when he was running for reelection, and formed the Progressive Party, which was called, nicknamed the Bull Moose Party, and won as the nominee.
1: So Teddy wrote, So so he wasn't a Republican or a Democrat. Split. He split. Uh, he split
2: off after losing the Republican nomination for president in nineteen twelve, and. <clears throat>
1: So, if you think
2: uh, oh, uh, I go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just messing up. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop because I'm just going to stop. <laughs> what did because you that make? was 1912. That was after he was president for the second time. I'm just going to stop. But this one. I I'm, this is this well. Is you a, know, seriously it's a not a good idea on wife. live national
1: radio <laughs> just to start reading up Wikipedia pages. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that. This, That's I can't a tell you right how many
2: times I've had. This has happened to be. With my wife, I'm just going to stop right here. I'm going to just stop because that was 1912. it was after he had served two terms as president. I'm embarrassed, man. I'm well, just, I was,
1: I was going to ask if President Trump runs and is unable to get the Republican nomination, could he revitalize the Bull Moose Party? That's don't tell me you're not asking the same question. <laughs>
2: Uh I I need to I need to I need to shore up my historical knowledge for the early part Bull of the Bull Moose 1900s. Party. Was the Bull
1: Moose Party still registered all over America. I mean, that uh,
2: was uh, it was called the Progressive Party and Bull Moose Party was the 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 nickname for it because a moose was the kind of mascots insignia you know, like the elephant for the Republican. Well among
1: among big deer and big animals, the moose is the most progressive. It's formidable. It it's the most progressive. Yeah. This
3: is this is where we call David Barton. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I'm sure there
2: were
1: people <laughs> listening to me just wander
2: off the beaten uh-huh. path there and just shake their heads yeah. and say you shouldn't have you should you shouldn't shake
1: their heads and say like, Happens regularly. <laughs> uh, all right. You're listening to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of the show. Today's Issues. Should you want to watch us on the Internet, you can go to these two websites. Of course, Facebook Live is our show. We video stream there. Facebook Live, just type in Today's Issues. Also, we have our own live video streaming service that's relatively new. Check it out. It's called streaming.afa.net. Streaming. .afa.net. Not screaming, <laughs> streaming.afa.net, and just go watch us there. Take you, if you haven't registered for that, signed up. Just take you a minute, maybe a minute or two, and boom, you have access to a lot of uh, our resources here
3: at AFA and AFR. Next story, Fred. All right. We spent a good deal of time on yesterday's program here talking about the uh, so-called Respect for Marriage Act that the Democrats are trying to push through the Senate, uh, lame lame duck
1: Senate, by the way, the lame
3: duck Senate. And, uh, yesterday they had a cloture vote, which is a procedural thing. And we wondered if how many Republicans would join the Democrats in voting for that cloture. It's a step that's needed before they take that final vote. All right. Uh, and so we found out yesterday, and I want to read you the name of the Republicans who were willing to go along with the Democrats at this point to put through, and I think you you know, called it a very dangerous Respect for Marriage Act, uh, because it really gives the homosexual lobby and puts a lot of what they want into law. Is that a good way to describe that? Yes,
2: and it's deceptively named. It's, it's as, as Bill's often do they have a name that sounds good yes but opponents of those bills point out that that's not as nice as it sounds so it's called respect for marriage act but what it really does and this is our deep concern and not just ours lots of conservative and christian groups are very concerned that if this bill is passed by the senate it's already been passed in the house if it is passed in the senate it is going to put a target squarely on the back of uh maybe some churches but especially uh, christian colleges universities daycare centers um, uh, non organizations so on and so forth so it is a very dangerous bill
3: despite the amendment which some republicans are trying to use for cover saying that it will not affect those who have sincere beliefs about homosexuality
2: from talking with abe and jameson taylor who uh works with our afa action uh group the concerns are that the amendment that uh, has been included it's not the mike lee amendment mike lee the senator from utah wanted to add an amendment that would give stronger protections for religious liberty to groups like ours but also christian colleges and universities was not even considered when they went ahead with this cloture vote to end debate And uh, The perspective from people that I've talked to is the amendment that was offered is basically a protection for pastors Mm. who do not want to solemnize, who don't want to uh, participate in homosexual marriages, but the protections for the other groups and organizations, schools, so on that I mentioned, uh, those protections are not there or are very weak.
3: Yes. So we asked people to call their senators yesterday. And uh, despite that, there were 12 Republican senators who voted with the Democrats to move this forward. I want to name them. Roy Blunt of Missouri. He's retiring. Richard Burr of North Carolina. Retiring. uh, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia. Susan Collins of Maine. No surprise there. Uh, Joni Ernst of Iowa, a little surprise there. <laughs> Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming. Uh, Lisa Markowski of Alaska. Rob Portman of Ohio, who's retiring, Mitt Romney of Utah, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Retiring, right? Yeah. And Todd Young of Indiana. Who was just elected. Just elected. Just reelected. All right. So those are twelve Republicans who voted with the Democrats yesterday to move and as what we're calling a very dangerous piece of legislation forward.
2: Yes. Now that means, so you they, the, the vote for cloture means you end debate <clears throat> and then you send the bill to the full Senate. Nobody's quite sure when they're going to vote on this. It could be this week or it could be after Thanksgiving, but we need to hammer Republican senators now,
1: some of them, like Murkowski, those those are liberals. She may, she may lose, though, right? Is she she's, she's on the – I mean, are they through? Well, uh, but
2: she would still – Oh, well, that's true. That's true. She wouldn't January. be out until January, yeah. even if she lost. Okay? That, that, that's why the Democrats have wanted to push this right after the midterms. They waited until after the midterms so those who are retiring <laughs> you know what? and those who <clears throat> might be in close races could have political cover.
1: And here, here. Just I know, folks. This is inside baseball stuff. It gets complicated and hard to understand, quite frankly. But here, here's what happened. Uh, you know the Roe versus Wade decision, and there's a connection here. So stay with me. The Roe versus Wade decision in 1973, which really nobody ever thought would ever be overturned, right? Well, uh, three appointments by Pre- President Trump to the Supreme Court in four years, which is unheard of. Three conservatives they uh, joined with the uh, Thomas and uh, uh, Leto and I think Roberts I can't remember anyway they they said in, in they announced in June they had voted to overturn Roe versus Wade therefore sending abortion law back to the states yes not uh, okay that's what happened there now the left came on and said they the Supreme Court has outlawed abortion all over America oh they their, their hair was on fire and they tried and it worked to a large extent to a large extent, scaring people to believe that the Supreme Court was had outlawed abortion all over America. I mean, that's that's what right. you know. They weren't defra- They weren't saying, "Well, all they did was return abortion law to the states." Anyway, uh, so that happened. <clears throat> well, when uh, when that happened, uh, the same-sex marriage decision, which was called a Ober- back in fifteen.
2: Obergefell was in 2015.
1: 2015, Obergefell. Obergefell is the name of the decision that the Supreme Court said that states cannot deny, help me, cannot deny uh, homosexuals from getting married. Right. I got that right? It said it was a constitutional right. A constitutional right. For them to marry. For them to get married. Okay, so with the... uh, Roe versus Wade reversal, Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice, said in his opinion, or maybe this was a public comment he made anyway, that that someday a same-sex marriage, Obergefell, may be revisited and overturned and uh, marriage law sent back to the states. In other words, states could outlaw, uh, regulate, say two men can't be married in the state of fill-in-the-blank. Okay. You tracking with me here? Everybody tracking with me here? So in response to that Clarence Thomas uh, statement, the Democrats are now saying, oh, my word, we've got to uh, codify, that's the word they use, or make into law permanently same-sex marriage across the land or risk it being overturned by a future court case. All right. So that's where we are. So the 12 Republicans that have voted with the Democrats, they needed 60 to overcome the filibuster. Now, whether they're going to stay with their vote or not, I don't know, but I would suspect they would. I hear, uh, you know, are siding. Are, are so there are a lot of groups like ours, a lot of people who are concerned, well, what is this going to mean? Mm hmm. Okay, because by the way, the Democrats were very shrewd here. They threw interracial marriage in on this too, right? Yes. So, so, so they're not, interracial marriage has not been against the law in the U.S. for yeah, but it was a Supreme Court ruling. That's that's why they're they're very shrewd. They're, yeah, it, it was a Supreme Court
2: ruling, and so Griswold v. Connecticut, which said it's a constitutional right for uh, adults to have access to birth control. Yeah. Uh, so they, they're saying all these Supreme Court rulings now could be
1: overturned. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I've laid all that out just to say, but what, Ed, somebody might say, well, what's what's the threat to, what what kind of threat are y'all really worried about here? Y'all being yeah, us. Yeah, well, and, the, and, the and IRS Christians.
2: could uh, look at a Christian school. We have a very... You know, we have good Christian schools, uh, universities, colleges, so on and so forth. The fear, one of the fears is, for example, the IRS could say to those schools, you do not allow, uh, you don't hire staff that, uh, or professors that are homosexual and married. Uh, you don't allow same-sex uh, couples to uh, share, you know, uh, housing on campus. Uh, that's in violation of federal law. We are going to take a look at your uh, your tax-exempt status. We might that, remove it. That's what we Like they fear, did with Bob Jones.
1: That's what a lot of people fear will happen if
2: right. this passes. With Bob Bob Jones University, um, this goes back 20 years ago, would not allow interracial couples in the same way to uh, – uh, to, uh, they, they didn't consider them valid amongst the student body. Their tax-exempt status was removed because of that, because that violated federal law. <clears throat> so the, the the fear is that they will go after, and not just not just colleges and universities, but nonprofit organizations, and as we have seen with Jack Phillips and others, individual Christians could come under. Legal scrutiny and be sued under yeah. this law. So it's it's the potential is for the restriction of the freedom of religion for many many Christians is uh, is very real. Now they're
1: they're going to say the the proponents of this on the Republican side because I saw Mitt Romney's comments. They're going to say, well, we 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 put a amendment in there that protects religious institutions, uh, and and protects religious freedom. That's what they're going to tell you. Right. So anyway, uh, we'll follow this. It may be voted on permanently, not a cloture vote. Which
3: yeah. now it has to go back to the House because of the amendment. Correct?
1: Uh, I think I think that's right. Yes. With yeah.
2: the amendment, it would have to go back yeah. to the House. Have to be reapproved. If there's any differences, it would go to a conference committee, and but they're going to try to obviously uh, put that uh, get that done between now. And the new Congress in January. Yeah, Yeah, because
3: there were 47 Republicans in the House that voted for it.
1: Yes, that is true. Yeah, You're listening to Today's Issues. Next story, Fred.
3: In a somewhat related story, it is a story about a 14-year-old girl at a uh, Randolph Union High School in Vermont. Here's what she did. She expressed objection to a boy claiming to be a girl coming into her locker room And she would be forced to undress like the other girls do in locker rooms after a a gym class. 14-year-old girl. 14-year-old girl. She objected to a boy who claims to be a girl being allowed in her locker room. Right. All right. She was on. All she did was, I don't like this. This is not right. She was talking. She's on the volleyball
2: team. She was talking to some of her friends in French class.
3: In French class. And someone overheard, as her saying, basically, uh, someone overheard me telling my friends that a dude doesn't belong in the girl's locker room. For saying that, she got in trouble. She was on with Tucker Carlson last night. I want you to have a a listen to some of the interview where she explains what happened to her. Cut number seven.
7: I was in the locker room and the trans student walked in and and there was... The rest of the team was in there, and we were... I was really uncomfortable, and I left, and I told the school, and they just shut me down and said there's nothing they could do. And I was later suspended because I voiced my opinion that a male shouldn't be in the women's locker room. And then when we filed a lawsuit, they dropped the suspension.
6: You're 14 years old, and when you complained
2: about a dude in the girl's locker room, you got suspended.
7: Yes. I think they were mad that I was telling people how I thought it was wrong and that a male shouldn't be allowed to be with us in the locker room.
5: Tell us what your classmates thought.
7: A lot of my classmates were supportive. I think most people in the school are. They're just too scared to speak up because they see all the backlash I'm getting for it.
5: Well, you're very brave. Because not dad only is was brave. I
7: suspended, thank, thank you. you. Um, I'm supposed to do, I was going to do a restorative justice circle and write a letter of apology.
5: To whom? To the dude?
7: The trans student. <laughs>
1: Now, but but she threatened to sue.
3: Yes, and
7: she and, has. And ADF and, and,
3: and is representing her. The last defense.
1: Defense. Defense. But but did I understand her to say that the school's backed off?
2: Yes, uh, they they uh, the punishment was lifted. or the suspension was lifted. Her dad. Yes. Who's a middle school coach? Go ahead. Yeah,
3: we've got some here. His her dad. For the same school system. Yes, her dad is the high school coach, Travis Allen. They also weren't satisfied with suspending her. They went after he, him. Because
2: he posted something on Facebook.
3: Yes, cut number six. I made a media post, or sorry, a social media post that referred to the male
7: student as a male, and I was punished because I misgendered him.
6: You lost your job, or you're suspended without pay from your job.
7: C- correct, as the soccer coach.
6: So you were the creep
2: in this. I, I have to ask, did other employees at the school take you aside and say we're on your side?
5: Did anyone protest your suspension?
3: Uh, none of the other employees did. Uh, other community members have supported me, though, privately.
5: It's, it's beyond belief. But uh, Thank you for complaining, by the way.
1: Uh, let me just say this, too. Kudos to Tucker Carlson. Yes. Because uh, he is a hugely popular show and platform. And he spot he spotlighted this, and he doesn't necessarily have to because he himself will get some backlash. Right. Uh, you know, they threaten his sponsors and so forth. The trans the trans community uh, people will, but uh, this coach and his daughter are only saying what the vast majority of Americans believe. Yes, and uh, they and uh, he should sue too. Is he going to sue too? I'm not sure about it, that. If he gets in trouble for just supporting his daughter on this, uh, we're talking about guys, boys being allowed in the girls' locker rooms and showers and dressing rooms. No, who's for that? This this girl
2: said she and her teammates were undressed in the locker room when this guy walked in. And uh, listen, we're, we've been told for decades... That Christians are the bullies to homosexuals in the transgender community. And the fact is, the bullies are the LGBTQ folks. Yes. You better toe the line or we will punish you. We will cancel you. We will make sure that you never work again if we have to until you
1: toe the line. The real bullies are on the other side of this issue. Right. Uh, And and you know what? The lefties here... Uh, it's easier for them to say we're okay with this, but I guarantee you if this were uh, Michelle Obama's daughters <laughs> and there were dudes in her, in her daughter's dressing rooms, yep. uh, she'd be against that. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.